Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I'm joined by my guest, Davielle Jackson. Davielle's passion to help others was cultivated in her youth. She grew up in Catholic schools in Marksville, Louisiana one of three girls growing up with two entrepreneurial parents who instilled in them love, teamwork, and greatness are the core foundations of life. She has always been willing to lend a helping hand at home and at school. As years progressed, she picked up playing basketball and loved it. It really showed her what can be accomplished when working on a team. After Jackson received her bachelor's degree in biology, the plan was to continue forward into medical school. Innovating the feminine hygiene care market had never crossed her mind. Then a longtime friend came to her with a problem. She said, I really need your help. She expressed that she has an extreme flow during her period caused by PCOS that was debilitating her life. She was at a point of sleeping on multiple towels while using two or three tampons at night and missing class and work. Jackson moved by her vivid candor, felt that there must be a way that she could live her life. This was a challenge, but Jackson was going to charge forward. Jackson finally came up with a solution that allowed her to sleep tight and also go without a worry of a leak. She decided to call it Pretty Panty because of the animal print that were so cute. She decided to give women a better choice, offering full coverage, all natural and chemical free feminine care products. Jackson broke records by entering into Walmart at a record time frame of six months, something a Walmart executive representatives have deemed impossible. Jackson is dedicated and hardworking. As a mini mogul, Jackson has several business ventures and acquisitions listed under her long list of achievements. She is a forward thinker and has major plans for the future. Jackson is also an author. Due to so many requests and people wondering how she excelled so quickly in business, she wrote the book Ready, Set, Go, which is the green print on turning these passions into millions. The itch to give back persisted, which led to developing her own nonprofit organization. And their number one goal is dedicated to the success of young women. Jackson is one of the current winners of the largest business competition in the world, which brought her to Buffalo. Her zeal to give back and hunger for success is her guiding light for stepping full force into the e-commerce with future plans to open the first American-made feminine hygiene manufacturing plant in Buffalo. Long-term goals include opening a university and sole dedication to her nonprofit. Hello, <laughs> Davia. There we go. Hi. So many accolades we had to get through. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to chat with you today. 
Um, thank you for reaching out. I often like to tell my guests how we met and this is our first time virtually meeting is during this yes, recording it is. and I'm it is. very excited and very honored to share space with a black woman, a woman in Absolutely. business, a woman who was running things. Um, having Walmart say things are impossible and her saying, I don't think so. <laughs> so, I don't think so. I'm very, very excited to chat with you. So um, Ashley, Ashley, who is my employee, uh, she yeah. recommended the podcast. She listens. She's adored you and the podcast. <laughs> and she's like, you need to be on it. I was like, okay, I believe you. I mean, <laughs> if you can set it up, let's do it. So I'm anxious to, you know, be on it, of course, and also, uh, you know, go back and listen to all the ones and listen to the future as well. Thank you. Yeah, this little mighty show started in the fall of 2019, and the last year has just been very beautiful and wild and unexpected. And it's really brought some really amazing people into my circle. And so I'm excited to have you join that circle and, and chat with you and get to know you a little bit more. Um, so yeah, let's talk about where, I know you read your background, but like to literally start your own company, especially as a black woman, which I just mm -hmm. did the same this year, I started my own consulting business. Um, okay. So I, I think about that of already, as a woman starting a business, as a woman, as a black woman starting a business, uh, but then it's something that's such like a, a market that really isn't thought about for lack of a better mm -hmm. term. Like mm -hmm. if we think mm -hmm. about feminine hygiene, it's like people still consider it like gross and something you should hide. And it's taboo. Like very taboo. And obviously a, a large number of the population has to deal with these issues, but right. I don't think people really understand the importance of having alternatives to what's already out there because like in, in these big companies and it's been a thing I've been really looking into this last year what goes into the products that I'm using mm -hmm. um so if you can tell us a little bit more of what that process was of like starting your actual business and um the stuff that goes into your products and what sets you apart from from the other competitors Absolutely. Well, as you said in the bio, uh, I have a degree in biology and uh, I was doing my rotations at the hospital and one of my best friends, childhood friend came to me with the issue. And, uh, you know, I went on to look at the issue and just just thinking from the, the back of my mind, when I started my cycle, what did I do? And the first thing I did when I started my cycle was uh, I didn't tell anyone. I literally left school, went home, checked under the sink and I found the tampon and I was like, this makes sense. And I started using it. So because it, it was taboo, nobody wanted to talk about it. But my friend was like, listen, I've been dealing with this issue and I need help. So I was at the hospital. I had the degree in biology. So I got these samples. I went take it to my seamstress. And I was like, listen, fix this up to where it doesn't have a leak. And we went on and on. I kept sending her samples, the girl who came to me. And then she was like, nope, this not working. Nope, this not working. This not working. And I was like, she was like, this is the one. It worked. She slept with it a few times, didn't have any leaks, gave it to a few of her friends. They didn't have any leaks. So I said, you know what? And just being myself, I always think on a grander scale. So I knew that I didn't want this to be a small opportunity. If I was going to leave my pursuit to medical school or anything, I wanted to make sure it was worth it. So I was living in Atlanta at the time. And I went into this super, uh, you know, hair supply store, uh, beauty supply store, mm -hmm. where there's a high concentration of women, right? So women coming in and out all day, I just put my little desk in the front and I was like, let me see. I'm going to give them samples and see if it works. You know, go try it out. Go try it out. A few days later, they was coming back buying two and three boxes at a time. They were bringing their friends and saying, hey, take a picture with her. She's going to be a billionaire. 
And that's when I knew I had something. And so immediately I went to one of my other best friends, who's a guy. And I was like, listen, I have this product. I'm going to start this company. Come with me. We're going to visit a few Walmarts and see if they want the product in the store. We did that. And six months later, we had a, a patented product called the Pretty Panty, which provides the ultimate protection to women while on their cycle. And we had a contract with Walmart, which was unheard of. So of course, now I crossed over that little journey. And then uh, now I'm a full throttle business, right? I wasn't mm -hmm. thinking about that when I was running and getting these contracts. <laughs> Just setting up, setting up tables. <laughs> right, right. I was like, I didn't think about nothing. No team, you know, I was just contracting everything. Oh, you know, this can't be so hard. Right. Because, you know, people have been doing this for years, et cetera. I was one, I was the first black woman, my majority owned company to be in Walmart and Target at the same time in the feminine hygiene sector. But in doing that, oh my God, it's been so hard. I'm still on the way to being a billionaire, but I thought I would have been a billionaire by now. <laughs> but, you know, it's coming soon. But, you know, just in hindsight, you know, sometimes I sit in my house and I'd be like, how did this happen? You know, it's been a whirlwind. So, uh, and as it speaks, relates to being a Black woman. And for a long time, you know, I didn't even see that. I didn't notice that, you know, I was different in starting a business because I was so tunnel vision all the time. I was mm -hmm. making sure I got to the next step. But, uh, and shout out to um, Black Women Talk Tech, a conference I went to after winning. Have you heard of it? Mm -mm. No. Okay. It's a big conference in uh, New York that I went to after I won the 43 North competition. And sitting in that conference, they were talking about all the things they were going through as Black business owners. And it dawned on me that so many things didn't happen for me because I was black and I didn't even notice that and a woman and didn't even know that that was the issue. So that's kind of the spill of where we are now when you don't answer your questions there. I just think about giving up your medical career because you found something that you knew was mm -hmm. going to work. And yeah, I think that's such an important thing, especially now, like taking that leap of faith. And that's been one of the things I've been talking to people a lot of right now. Of, yes. When I started my cons my consulting business here, um, I'm focusing on development, which is like nonprofit fundraising and all that stuff. And on the other side, I do diversity, equity, and inclusion work. So I'll do go and do public speaking. And so I did it this year after I lost my job due to COVID. I was like, well, what I got to lose, right? I'm like, I'm already right, here. Right. Um, so sometimes it's just like taking that leap of like, I knew mm -hmm. it would be worth it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I also like, I really <laughs> connect with your story there of like people being like, well, what are you gonna do if it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there is a market for everything. It's just like, how are you marketing it? How are you getting it out there? So I love that sort of like that tale, like you were saying of just sitting outside and be like, if you build it, they will come. Like mm -hmm, we knew, mm -hmm. like you knew people needed this and, mm -hmm. and just giving that option um, to people. And I think it's super important when talking about feminine health product is like uh -huh. making it healthy. Like I was saying yeah. before, like, yeah. I don't know if it's still true, but I once read that like, there's really no, like there's no one who um, monitors what goes into right, feminine right. hygiene products. I would so love the, to talk about FDA, that. Yeah, the thank you. FDA, the FDA does not mandate feminine hygiene products. So when I tell anyone this, I basically say it like this so they can understand it. You can take your garbage can that says recycle, turn it into a tampon, give it to a woman and put it in her system. And you know, not only is it in her system, but it's circulating in the most vulnerable space on a woman's body for five to seven days in her system. And they expect us not to have 
uh, themes, issues that derive from this. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, the reasons it's been so like a taboo or under the surface, people, a lot of women still don't know that there's no mandate on feminine hygiene is because women don't talk about it. Women Mm -hmm. don't talk about feminine issues. They don't talk about periods. They don't talk about anything. So uh, yes, there's no mandate on feminine hygiene products. So when I developed my products, of course, they have to be 100% chemical free. Uh, Ours is made from 100% cotton, 100% chemical free. Ours is FDA approved. And the most important thing for me was to change it kind of and make the product pretty and neat. So it looks just like a regular panty, but then you throw it away. So it's so easy. It's also biodegradable and 100% compostable. So a lot of people be like, are you thinking about Mother Nature? I'd be like, well, I'm thinking about women's health first. You know, the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lives are important. And absolutely, I'm thinking about, you know, the climate as well and the environment. So, yeah. So it was very important for me to make our, our products healthy as well as uh, start the conversation. That was our main thing is to start a conversation to stop it from being so taboo I was like think of this and because I had the degree in biology it's so easy for me to talk about anything Mm -hmm. so I was like just think of this without periods there would be no us there would be no babies Mm -hmm. it's all a part of the uh, birth process so it's not so icky right so you know I just try and every once a month I have open conversations with women whether it be at a bar or the health uh, unit or somewhere just talking about this just getting conversations started Main reason is because if uh, if I'm sitting here talking to you, Bree, and I'm like, listen, yesterday I was having massive cramps and I was having this and I just don't know what it is. And you could be like, oh, I had that last month and I went to the doctor and she told me this. If we would just talk about it, so many things could stop. Mm-hmm. And then the next woman wouldn't have to go into things like infertility or ovarian cancer, all because we did not speak up. So the main culture of Femi Secrets is to educate people first, give them healthy products, and start a conversation that needs to happen. Okay, there are two things I want to really delve into. <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's do it. Um, so one of the first is the chemicals that go into non-regulated feminine mm-hmm. hy- hygiene, mm-hmm. and then also demystifying or like untabooing um, mm-hmm. menstrual cycles. So mm-hmm. whatever one you want to start with, but I have <laughs> I have commentary for both. Um, I think I'll start with like the chemical side first, because even just to hear that there are chemicals in tampons uh-huh. yeah, yeah. is wild to me. I mean, loving right. that, like your stuff's all natural, it's biodegradable, mm-hmm. especially because all of us are really paying attention to what's mm-hmm. happening in the environment, but also number mm-hmm. one, making sure the people who use your products remain healthy. Absolutely. Um, but hearing that there's chemicals in tampons and there doesn't have to be, and also Correct. like in, in that analogy of like, just trip, just tip over your recycling, my body got so like tight and nervous. Cause it's like, Correct. it's, it's that whole thing of like, if men had periods, it would be so different. Like it's as it I, would be so different, right? Like if men had to go with like the birthing process or having babies or what have you it would just be the conversation would happen more. Um, so for me, like the, the fact that there are chemicals that go in and as a person who I have very irregular periods. Like since I was 12 or 13, I, so when I was younger, I used to get it once a, I get it every three months. So like I would get it in March and then I wouldn't get it again until like June, but in June it would happen for three weeks and then it wouldn't happen. And now I'm lucky if I get a period three times a year, Um, obviously I've gone to the doctor, they haven't found anything on scans. 
Um, my mother had uterine and cervical cancer and my dad had colorectal cancer. So like they're paying wow. a lot of close attention, Absolutely. Um, but there's nothing there. Like, like I said, have, I've had x-rays, I've had scans, I don't have any cysts. Um, mm -hmm. So I often no think about fibroid, that. None nothing. Of there's my scans are absolutely clear. Um, so I often think about that too, because, because I don't have to buy um, items as often. I talk mm -hmm. to a lot of my friends who um, now that I'm older, and I think my friend group and I talk about things more, like you're saying, mm -hmm. if we talk about it. Um, but even growing up, when I first started having, um, during my education at school, in middle school and um, high school, we talked about health stuff in health class. Right, right. So we were able to talk about, you know, menstrual cycles and everything. But now as I've gotten older, like having friends who have PCOS or, mm -hmm. you know, infertility stuff, in those whole conversations, I mean, even now we hear about women in their infertility, infertility, and even still, that's a taboo conversation to have when Correct. so many, so many Correct. people go through it. So I think the conversation is happening more because I feel like, especially now, like not to get political, but a lot of women now are seeing how regulated the female body is in politics Correct. and us having Correct. to, to stick up Which for ourselves. It's only, it's only another form of woman oppression. That's what Ugh. it is. It really has Preach. nothing to do with birth. Mm -hmm. It actually has something to do with these women cannot have their own choices and make their own decisions. Like just me, uh, being the kind of company that I have, the corporation scaling, we're trying to get to a billion dollars in sales. Uh, being a black woman, one of the things that so many investors tell me, like literally to my face, is that you need a white man in your company. Like literally, they'd be like, you need mm -hmm. a white man. He needs to run it. He needs to do this. Basically, you're not good enough. You're too woman. You're too black. You need someone to of that money you. behind you. Yeah. Correct. So, you know, that's just a whole story from the woman's side, the black side and so many other sides. So one. So in the, the chemicals that are normally found in these things. So just like a tampon. Right. Just start thinking of the type of your brain. Uh, it's bleached. You know, it's bleached, number one, so it could be white. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. But then they have anything that has uh, the qualities to absorb anything heavily will have chemicals in it known as PFAS chemicals. Actually think the brand, they just had this found in their panties. Uh, anything with uh, coloring, anything that has dye in it has these chemicals in it. So, you know, and they're linked to ovarian cancer, infertility, and all these other things. But yet they still don't mandate the products. They still don't stop women from using them. So to me, it's just totally disgusting and unacceptable. And, you know, as, as many women are getting a voice right now, you know, Femi Secrets has been banging this down and making sure women understand it. Uh, it's just strange that so many women still don't understand, yet so many women are still having so many issues. And so do, do your viewers like know everything about you? Do they know your age? Do they know everything or no? Yeah, I mean, the, my listeners, yeah, I mean, we've been doing this for a year and I say like, I'm open to questions. Like I am a 30 year old black woman living in Austin, Texas. I, gotcha. I am queer, like they all know. We've been doing this, gotcha. we've, been, we've been friends gotcha. for over a year now. Um, okay. But even for me, like, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me till just now that tampons are bleached. I never right. would have even thought of that. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> listen, this is the process, right? When our period comes, we're like, how am I going to get through this? What mm -hmm. can I do to stop it? And how soon before, you know, we never right. just think about what's taking place in our bodies. 
But as we get older, we understand that, you know, so many things like some women want to have children. They want to do this. So you start thinking about all of these things. But originally, just like the man who created the tampon and emphasis on man, you know, they just created and said, there's a leak. Here's something we're going to stop it with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Plug it up. And, yeah. you know, it's just unacceptable. That that in itself is uh, unsanitary. Just using a tampon period is unsanitary. The whole process of your cycle happening is to release all of those toxins and release those things from your body. So using a tampon is just catching it, keeping it in your system, circulating it up. And then women be like, oh, why do I have this odor? Because you're using these nasty tampons. Stop using them. So this, that's the main part about, you know, feminine hygiene. And well, my thing too was like, I knew a girl who got toxic shock syndrome mm -hmm. from keeping mm -hmm. a tampon in so long. Yep. Because like, when you first start and you don't know, like when I first started getting my cycle, my mom was like, I don't want using tampons because like you're saying, it's supposed to release everything out. And so mm -hmm. that's like, what I was just saying with my doctor, like she's concerned that like, because I'm not shedding, like what's that going to lead to in the future for me? Correct. Um, just because it's staying, staying in my system. So it's something we're monitoring yeah. a lot um, because of that. And I don't think people right. understand, like you're saying, we, when we do have our cycle, it's like, okay, I don't want it to get in on my clothes. I just want it to like, I just want to do what I have to do to get through this next like seven days. Um, Correct. But yeah, I just, I don't know why it never dawned on me. The first thing that is in tampon is bleach. Yeah. And, and what that does that to I, your body. You're just putting bleach right in your system in the most vulnerable place in your body. That like, is so like porous and absorbent. And it's correct. just like, yeah. Correct. And then to say that's what, again, this is where life is going to come from, right? Life is coming out of a woman's vagina. So out of her uterus. So it's just completely unhealthy for that to be happening. So uh, when we started the company, of course, that was my main focus was wellness, number one, and then getting them healthy products. Okay. So you've made your product. It's healthy. Um, it, it's doing what it has to do. How difficult was it to make sure that it was biodegradable it wouldn't be as harmful or harmful to the environment because I think that's just that's an interesting thing to think about as well because so many people just like I don't even know how long it would take a tampon to like disintegrate to like it doesn't exist correct correct um, correct so yeah I was thinking about like so how did how did how did that process go for y'all making it so, so with harmful? me being that um you know I, I'm very educated like I enjoy college I studied biology and so many other things and one of the things I always tell people you know when you go to school uh, it's not necessarily for you to learn how to be a nurse or learn how to be a teacher all of these things it's just constantly training your brain to think you know it's kind of like you're in training to learn about the world that we're going to be living in as an adult and so when I was in biology, the main thing they would do is tell us the critical thing, critical thing, because when you're, you're not the, if you're a doctor and you're doing surgery, you don't have nothing but one second to make the right decision. Right. So anytime we would test, they would give us tests in school. And I remember we hated them because every answer on the test was correct, but it was, which was most correct, which is the right, the right -er answer. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so hard and difficult. And in school, I hated it. But when I got out of school, I, it put me a far ahead of, from the pack because I can critical think anything out. So basically, before I even said, hey, make this product, I knew that it had to be 100% cotton, 100% biodegradable, all of those things. So any materials that will go against that could not be put in my product. So I would, at an early start, I knew it had to be, 
extremely healthy. So just I just knew that. So when they created the product, I said, listen, it has to be healthy, FDA approved materials, et cetera. So we never had to back up and do that all over again. So mm-hmm. that was just staying true to who I am, which is wellness and health. I also just find it so interesting that the FDA doesn't regulate it. Like we regulate everything else, but a thing that is literally yeah. going to basically impact your body. Yeah. Is not, and, and is not of being course, regulated. I'm not the first one to come up with this bright idea of right. how can we get this solution of FDA approved. Women have been shouting and screaming for so long to make sure this happens. If you just Google Coltex or tampon or anybody right now, you'll find umpteen lawsuits that are pending on them right now from so many things happening with women that just go under the radar because it's a woman, it's feminine hygiene. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to hear about it. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something that we're trying to address. We actually have a campaign called Save the Vagina. If you put hashtag Save the Vagina, we was like, we're just going to put it out there. Save the vagina. Use healthy products. Tell a friend to use healthy products. So that's definitely the call. Save the vagina. Yeah. And like a quick like segue um, or sidebar, pull a pullover, if you will. <laughs> I think about when my period like first started getting really, last year term like jacked up was mm-hmm. when the like trials for, it was the shot uh, to stop meningitis, yeah, but uh-huh. also to prevent cervical and uterine cancer. And okay. I got all of those because when it first came out, when my mom had, having had cervical cancer, she obviously like wanted me to get it. But I remember my aunt saying this didn't have enough testing for her. So that's why her kids Uh didn't get it. But I always think back, like you were just saying, like the stuff that impacts our body of like, how regulated was that shot when I got it? Like how how many have they done? And I'm interested in seeing in like 10 years when it's like, that's a next lawsuit of how many of us got this and now none of us are like able to menstruate or have kids. And like, that's always one of my biggest things now too, of like, you know, having made the decision because of the journey I've taken with my menstrual cycle of I may have to adopt kids because of now um, not being able to menstruate regularly. So that's just the thing too, how I feel like even just then, like at 12 years old and to now of thinking like how Mm -hmm. even that wasn't regulated enough. And I just, I'm just always so nervous of like, why is it that female stuff isn't as cared for as like, I'm sure there's right. like all these male drugs are tested out the wazoo, but like correct, correct. female drugs are that, like, eh. uh, Johnson and Johnson just had that a hundred billion dollar lawsuit because of the uh, baby powder that women were mm-hmm. using and led to ovarian cancer in so many women. So, and that's the thing you just never know. But one thing I do know is that uh, in my company, we are tracking the data to see women who use Femi products uh, we want to see them in 10 years. Right now, eight out of 10 women suffer from some issue, feminine hygiene related, whether it's fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, ovarian cancer. Eight out of 10 women, which is too much. It's 10 women standing there. Two of them might be healthy. That's unacceptable. Mm. So 80%, by using, 80% of women. 80%, then. yes. So by <sighs> using our products, we expect the data to correlate that, hey, uh, all of these women no longer have issues. You know, 2% of women from this group had issues, whereas 8%, 80% of women from this group have issues. So we are collecting data and we do expect our vision is to see healthier women because we started this brand. Even more so, of course, we want them to use our healthy products, but just educating them, just having them know, hey, don't use these things. You know, I'm against anything that goes into the vagina. Diva cups, all of that stuff. Like you're sticking plastic in yourself for a week. You know, like 
you messing up with the uh your structure and everything like just not, the free flow that's what we believe in a free flow you know at some point maybe we want to go swimming or want to do some other things that's what tampons are created for you right. know for you know for emergencies times yeah, you need it, but not correct but not just everyday use all day use and and women are dying from toxic shock. Like people don't understand that that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. It's not going away. It's not something from the 80s or the 70s. A woman died last year, a young girl. I'm sure if I research it now, it'll be more. So this is still happening. So we just want women to understand their bodies, understand our, our motto is sexy starts from the inside. You have to take care of yourself from the inside and then everything else will flourish. I could talk to you all day about this stuff. I <laughs> And, you know, and it's crazy how, you know, as you start your entrepreneurial journey, it's just crazy how I never thought I would be running a feminine hygiene company. You know, when people ask me what I want to be, I'm right. going to be a doctor. <laughs> uh, never did I think that I would be an entrepreneur and just, you know, living this life versus medicine life. And when I was in uh, medical school, pre-med, I was just constantly studying. Like my, I had no life, zero. I would just study constantly. And I was like, I just started doing the math. I was like, I'm going to get out when I'm about 35. I'm going to owe about 500000 It's going to take me about 10 more years to get out of that debt. I never have a life. I was like, you know what? Let me explore this opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I explored it. And it was the best thing I ever, when I tell you that I have lived a rock star life because of Sijin and every day I wake up, I'm super excited to do what I do. I'm super excited to give these products to women answer questions i'm excited to you know hire people employ people all of these things so i just extremely love what i do into yourself and any of the viewers that are listening that leap of faith actually the name of my book is ready set go so so many women ask me how i did it why i did it etc and uh they were calling me out on social media they was like you say you support women but i dm'd you i emailed you you never <laughs> answered my question I literally took a month off from work, wrote a book, and then went back to work. And I said, here's the book, here's the book, here's the book, you can have it. But uh, chapter five, I think, is leap of faith. And then, like, sometimes you have to take the leap. Sometimes circumstances like COVID will make you start your business, and that's how it would have happened. Uh, before, when I was in school, I was working at AT&T part-time, and uh, my aunt had died, my great-aunt, actually. And uh, she died. I went home to Louisiana for the funeral. And uh, it just right then and there, I said, you know what? Life is too short. I quit AT&T, I quit medical school, and I started my company. <laughs> and it's been the best decision I have ever made, so. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think about it often too. Like the work I do specifically, the reason why I wanted to start my company is because Austin has the most nonprofits per capita than any other city in the, in the country. Mm, so I knew, that, I knew there was a need there but Absolutely. no one was doing it. And, yep. you know, my nonprofit experience of fundraising, the last job I worked for, I doubled our budget in less than two years. Yep. And so just like seeing, mm -hmm. and, you know, I ended up leaving that job because I wanted to move up and they weren't making space for me. And I was like, I'll go Absolutely. work somewhere else. Like I'm the person yeah. of like, always trying to challenge myself and, and be in new predicaments. Yeah. And so I left that job, went to this town, yep. let go due to COVID. Um, so I started doing, so pe me being here in town and been, I've lived here for four years and, you know, speaking at different events. So people knew me and the work that I had been yeah. doing on the diversity, equity, inclusion work. Uh -huh. And they're like, would you come speak at this event and we'll pay you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, so for me, it was just like 
that hard work and the like back in the day, I didn't even realize it would be so beneficial now of like Absolutely. my name out there, networking, finding things that I was like actually excited and passionate about. And I tell yeah. people the reason I started the show was just to give space and platform to folks who I feel have a lot to say, but don't have a space to talk about it. Absolutely. And just really wanting to find something that brought me joy. And so now not only do I get to do it with this show, but also with my work and, you know, specifically, especially as a black woman, during this time when things are so unsure and especially with COVID affecting so many people and yeah um, yeah you know and it just like you're saying like already having lost a parent getting that whole like life is too short thing and that's why I tell Mm -hmm. people like why I try so many different things out and I do so many different things now Mm -hmm. is because like you're saying you you kind of just like have that moment that you're like if I don't do it now when will I like correct and Correct. if not, and if not me, then who, or why not me? Then so who? exactly like there is just sometimes things, things just fall into place. Or I was saying like some things fall apart. So other things can fall into place, right? Like it's right. just like situations line up and, and opportunities come knocking and you have to trust yourself enough to know that if it Correct. doesn't, if it doesn't go well, you can always go back. Like you could go back yeah. to med school. You could have gone back yeah. to AT&T. Um, but now like this was the chance for you and me to kind of take that take that leap and the main thing was you did your research you saw there was a need you understood it you understood your skill sets what you were good at and you know now there's a wave of you know oh I call them entrepreneurs (laughs) everybody want to be an entrepreneur now Mm -hmm. and I'd be like okay I can jump in this water if you want to but you swimming with the sharks every day you drown and every day somebody's trying to eat you every day something is happening it looks all fun and dandy, but it's extremely hard. So the only so thing that, that keeps me afloat is, you know, the, the breakthroughs that I have. Like uh, when we rolled out Target stores, uh, we right. rolled Then about a year and a half later, we rolled out Target stores. And uh, I went into Target stores so excited. You know, I love Target. And we rolled those people out. I remember we rolled them out in October. And, uh, you know, after that, it's the holiday season. So I started traveling, living my life, you know, oh, I'm rich, I'm bald, I mean, I just rolled out Target stores. Can't know. tell me nothing, Bob. Can't tell me nothing, <laughs> nothing at all, not a word, you know. Are you in Target? I just, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> just not having, a, and it was the holidays, right, so I'm over there just splurging, oh, what you want, what you want, what you want, I got it for you, I got it for you. Yeah. So when I get back, I get all these checks from Target, and they're netted at zero dollars. So no checks, no money. I sent them truckloads of product, right? So I get on and they're like, we paid you. We sent you check number 1002 and check number 106. And I'm like, these checks are $0. Like nothing is in these checks. So for uh, the following three months, I had to constantly fight with them about where my money went. And at one point, they one of the target person said, you know what? I'm going to pull up my uh, computer and I'm going to screenshot you what you've been paid. And so she did that. And I said, now look at what you screenshotted. It showed what was paid. And then it showed a big red thing of what hadn't been paid, which was exactly what they owed me. And that's how I ended up getting my money. And it was so horrible and so hard that I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. So, you know, entrepreneurship, you up and you're down. I was so up because we rolled out Target stores. Then I was so down because of what they did. So then that's when I created our online e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to deal with any store. Target don't have to get a cut of my money. I'll just ship myself directly to the consumer, just like Amazon. Mm-hmm. That was another brilliant decision I made. And that's been working out just great. You know, so 
that's the, the main thing for entrepreneurship for me is just kind of staying ahead, seeing what's coming next and just, you know, keep going. Yeah. I love like you're saying about researching. So like with me, I did a bunch of like, um, kind of like experiments. Like I had a friend Mm -hmm. who started her own nonprofit here and wanted to throw Mm -hmm. an event. And so I was like, I will plan this whole event for you to see if I can do it. I'm like, but I want you to treat me like you hired me. Yeah. Yeah. Through this whole process of seeing beginning to end how I do so like that was like right. one of my first things with her of just like doing that research of like how would I Absolutely. deal with a smaller organ going from there so I also tell people like reach out to the people who are already in your circles like you were saying like with your friend your you're the friend yeah. who told you she needed it you setting up shop in front of a local store that you were able to work in or work outside of and mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. really I think the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is being really creative to solve a problem actually happens because mm-hmm. exactly something will yeah. always pop up um, and for me, I had to learn to stop apologizing for being busy. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. I can never reach you, blah, blah. I'm like, right, I'm trying right, to right. run a business. Like I right, have to right. work to make money. Yeah. Like there's no so more of this like that, 40 that, hour thing. That brings me to this other thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. which is dating as an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. Miss so, me. Uh, I, so yeah. before you start, I took this no. year, I took this year off not dating. Like Look, you decided put it on the back burner. Listen, I literally said in January, I'm not dating in 2020. So I feel like everything is kind of like falling fall into place this year. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that you get back on track after 20. Okay. I'm going to put that in the universe. But I'm fine. I'm fine. What one of the guy that I was recently dating, he literally told me this and I want to quote him. He said, I want you to give me as much attention as you give your business. I was like, how would that even, do you understand what you just said? Like, how would that work? Like either the business is going to fail or, you know, it's, it's never, it never mm-hmm. can work like that. So just, that, that's actually a sacrifice. You know, when you become an entrepreneur, just get ready for the list of sacrifices that you will have to make. Mm-hmm. And the thing with me is that, you know, I'll forever try, you know, I'll give it a try. But mm-hmm. when it starts to get in between the things that I really love, which is growing my company and my brand, I'm going to choose my brand always. Mm-hmm. So it's always hard. So it, that's another struggle in the world that I'm in, you know, just being in the world period. Right. Uh, everybody struggles with dating. It's hard. So just running your business just adds on that extra 100% stress. <laughs> Again, I could talk to you for hours. I feel that so much. So like with me, aside from, you know, putting this aside because that was this year's struggle. But even before this of like, I'm a big um, community advocate and activist. Like I get asked to do, to be at galas, to come speak at things to, so like in the four years I've been here, I've really made a name for myself. And so I'll have folks who are like, I don't want to date you because I don't want to just be your partner. And I'm like, oh, unpack that for me. And it comes down a lot to them, like not jealousy, but kind of feeling somewhat inadequate of like, yeah, you are doing so much. You also know who you are and you're very confident in who you are as a person that it makes so many people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Cause I think mm-hmm. I had a friend once tell me, he was like, I'm glad we're friends. And I was like, Ooh, why? He goes, I don't know if I could date you. He's like, just as a man to date someone like you, who was so solid, who knows what space she takes up to make no apologies of who she is as a person. He goes, that is very overwhelming for a man who wants to come in and like what have you and I was like so here's how 
here's the options that I do, right? So mm-hmm. first I try with a guy who's like the same as me. You know, he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's done great in life. He has the accolades. He has all of these things. Mm-hmm. You think they're on the same level. You start to bump heads. That jealousy gets in the place, right? Mm-hmm. Then you say, well, I'll go with a, a guy who's not like that. He works to nine to five. You know, he doesn't understand this industry. He doesn't understand you at all. He doesn't understand how hard you have to work. That's not going to work. So it's just kind of all over the place. So I, I just let it flow. I don't say anything, but I will give you a tidbit of one of my newest projects that I'm working on as <laughs> an entrepreneur. It was on my 2020 list of things that I want to accomplish. And I'm happy to say it's being accomplished. Uh, I've actually developed an app and it's called Blight. And it's actually uh, for women to find men outside of whatever their norm is. So if you're black and you want to find a white man or Italian man or something like that, you find them on my app. One thing I realize is that a lot of women, uh, you know, black men can date any race. It's normal, right? It's normal. Mm-hmm. But for us, go ahead and preach. My personal experience is like white men will come up to me, but you don't know they're trying to holler at you. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, have you read this book in the uh, paper today or something? I'll be like, yeah, thank you. But that was him. That was yeah. him trying to holler at me. But I don't know. And they're like afraid of us. They're afraid of black women, but they want to get to know us. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to open that communication because, you know, black women have a hard time. And, you know, most black women are so driven. You know, they, they run the household. They run mm-hmm. the kids. They run everything. So it's a hard job to match up with a black woman. So again, I'm a woman advocate. I'm trying to help my ladies in any way I can. Mm -hmm. So I developed this app. It'll probably release in 2021, but it's exciting. It's a new venture that I'm going on. Okay. Again, could talk to you for hours. So (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about this with dating a lot because like, I'm the kind of person who dates like the whole gambit, genders, religion, the whole, the whole spiel. But as a black woman, I feel like we are constantly chosen last or we are, people are intimidated by us. We're too yes. X, Y, and Z. And so a lot of the time yes. with me, I'm like, are interested? Are you like, that, so this whole thing too, of like, like you're saying, like knowing whether or not they're really into this. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I've just gotten to a point of like, I hope I just get an arranged marriage. I just feel like someone's going to have to set me up. When things were working, back in the day, so many things used to work. You know, Mm -hmm. they want to change everything. You know, we all need arrangements. Just just stop all the, you know, guessing and picking. Well, listen, again, we just talked about this before. We live in a man's world, so it wasn't benefiting them. So things had to get changed. Uh, Correct. uh, It has been so nice to talk to you. Is there anything else you want to plug before we start to wrap up? I'll be sure to link your website, your new app, all those things. So yeah. Well, the main thing is that we will be, well, this will release back in spring. Mm -hmm. So uh, of course we'll have our Femi box. Our Femi box is our main thing, which we get to women, uh, everything they need in one box, including our pretty panty, including our Femi wipes. It's called the Femi box. Go online, subscribe to that subscribe to it so you get a year's supplies and then it will come to you uh every month so you don't have to worry about going to the store or any of those good things the box will come to you healthy products all in one package one special thing we did recently was partner with all kind of black owned businesses just in order to help them uh you know get through covid so we uh you know just purchasing hey you sell nail polish okay we want to purchase 300 of those we're going to put them in the femi box and then if another person say hey i like this polish they'll purchase 
So it's just kind of cross-marketing help women. Of course, my name is Davielle Jackson. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook and all of those good things. And you can get my book and go uh, just Google it. <laughs> DavielleJackson.com. Just Google it, she says. Just Google it. <laughs> At the end of each show, I like to wrap by asking my guests a really great question. I say it's that we end in a high note, but this conversation has been so much fun. But oh, um, <laughs> the question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Uh, a piece of advice I would give to my younger self or the best advice that I've uh, been given. One of my mentors, I would say the best advice that's been given to me, one of my mentors told me, he asked me, he said, uh, what is it that you want? You know, I was like, what do you mean I want? And he was like, what you want? I was like, well, I want to have a lot of money. I want to be rich. <laughs> and he was like, well, that doesn't make sense. He was like, do you wealth? And I was like, yeah, wealth is something that I would like. I would like wealth. And he was like, you have wealth. And I was like, wait, I'm struggling right now. I just started a business. I got $20 in my bank account. What you talking about? He was like, wealth is in your brain. He said, once you learn how to continuously create things and drive things and hard work, the wealth is in your brain. So that was one of the main things that I learned uh, is that the wealth is the knowledge. It's not the monetary things. It's not all of these things. So continue to gain knowledge, continue to educate yourself, continue to constantly learn and make yourself better every day because that's where the wealth is. And then if the thing that I would tell my younger self is uh, careless, although I was really carefree, I didn't really care a lot. Mm -hmm. I would care less because, uh, you know, living in the now, you never know what life is going to throw at you, where you're going to end up. So like I said, if you'd have asked me, my younger self, I would have said, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. But now I'm an entrepreneur living my dreams and I never would have thought that this would happen. So just careless. A lot of things I tell uh, like young girls who are in school, because I always go talk to the schools and everything. I'll be like, look to your friends that are to the left. I was like, in a couple of years, you won't know them. They won't know you. Nothing they said to you will matter, you know, because everything's going to go a different way. So don't take it so seriously. So just don't take yourself so seriously. Mm, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Absolutely. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Bree. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Bree. Send me an email at theteawithbree at gmail.com and visit the website, theteawithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>